Review. Noun. Definition three. A general survey as of the events of a period. Definition 7a. The retrospective view or survey as of one's life. As the calendar year approaches the end, I'm trying to encapsulate my thoughts and feelings into a simple synopsis. Just like most years, this year has been very layered. Personally, I've had a few ups and downs, mostly good, I'll say. However, there's a resounding theme that I hold on to, hope. Hope is an intransitive verb meaning to cherish a desire with anticipation, to want something to happen or be true. Some would call that faith. In the Bible, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The equally key partner of faith is works. I constantly think of words like motivation, dedication, inspiration. American football coach Herm Edwards once said, a goal without a plan is a wish. This year has further taught me to embrace the synergy between faith and works, learning to retrain my mind from seeing what some would call failures into opportunities to create, to explore, to develop. This is The Reboot. Build, destroy, rebuild. I go by the name RXM, Mikhail, if you're jazzy, Michael for the traditionalists. Our theme song is produced by AJ Beats Music. Follow us on IG at The Reboot, thereboot at gmail.com, or leave a voicemail on Anchor, or at 667-217-6262. Social connects are in the show notes. Let's begin. Hello, friends. It's me again. How have you been? I'm glad you made it. I'm glad I made it. Today's show, we're going to have a 22 review. And guess what? We have a guest. Today's guest is an amazing person. She's an artist, a creative, and overall, just everything. She also has artwork hanging in my home, my actual home. Please allow me the opportunity to properly show her love. Born and raised in one of the most beautiful cities in the world, Savannah, Georgia, Ebony Simone is truly a Southern gem. Ebony is a licensed cosmetologist in Georgia, North Carolina, and Virginia, and received her training from the Hair Design School of Charlotte. In addition to her specialties, hair and makeup artistry, Ebony Simone is also a gifted and skilled photographer who studied photography at Northern Virginia Community College. She's dedicated to giving her customers an exceptional experience by going above the normal industry standards, from documenting the birth of your first child, which she did for us, to capturing images of your child transitioning from high school to college, Ebony Simone can do it all. She really enjoys working with soon-to-be brides in need of looking their most beautiful through makeup artistry on one of the most important days of their lives, their wedding day. A true beauty alchemist, she transforms your ideas into golden moments of beauty with her own gorgeous detail that makes any client's special moments perfectly and totally unforgettable. Ebony is based in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, but travels all over the country to share her gift with the masses. Ebony's success is built on listening, understanding, and forming lifelong bonds with each and every one of her clients. Please welcome Ebony Simone to the reboot. Hello, friend. Thank you for having me. I, I bug me. Shit. The way you said that, I, <laughs> that was really good, but thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hey, it, it is truly a blessing and it's always wonderful to talk to you. So a little background, everybody. Abby and I talk, we, we talk, we talk. 
she yeah, uh, as a photographer, she's come up here to wherever it is we live and has has been able to capture just so many different moments in our lives from uh, when my wife was pregnant with our first child to photo shoots with both children. Like truly, she's awesome. So yes. we'll jump right in. So you, as you all know, we typically like to center our episodes around one word. However, this week is a little different. And we're talking about the 22 review. So I, Ebony, I know, right? <laughs> what does that mean? So let, let's talk. What does that mean? Are we giving one word? Or are we just saying like a phrase? Oh, whatever you want. You know, we we talking about 22 review. So however you want to go. If I had described 22, 2022, it would be, huh? That's, that's how I describe <laughs> it. Like, what, what was this? Like, God, what are you trying to tell? What are we trying? What? Was the, what? Like, I don't, huh? That would be the word. Yeah. A lot happened. A lot happened starting in January. Okay. So let's, since we're there, um, I follow you on IG, obviously. We're real life friends. I know I saw that you are about this camping life. Tell me about that. Well, me and my husband, um, we took up camping. Um, during the pandemic, because, you know, you couldn't really travel like that. But we discovered that even though you couldn't like go on vacation, you could camp. So mm-hmm. we started camping and we started learning more about living off the land. Uh, you know, we do we like do a lot of beach camping um, and we found that we really enjoy it outside of the pandemic. So it's something that we want our friends to join us with. Um, we do have a Instagram website uh the Black Tent Chronicles, where you can see us camping and see what we do. And we take families out camping and we even do camping days. We just teach you the basics of camping. So um, that's basically what we did uh, starting during the pandemic. And we, our camp is not like a normal camping. It's not what you think it is. Um, we're still listening to Frankie Beverly on the campsite. <laughs> we're still playing space on the campsite. We're still drinking and whatever libations you do, we're doing it on the campsite. But we're just getting in tune with nature, you know, and it's just all outside. So, um, but this is called the Black Tent Chronicles. That's amazing. So, so how would you describe your twin? Your, so specific to you, you know, what kind of changes uh, are you willing to share with your with our guests, you know, that you've personally experienced in 2022? Um, for me, 2022 was about seeing the good through the bad. You know, okay. um, there was some certain things that happened this year where I was like, why did that happen? But then immediately something good would happen. So it's just about, for me, it was about seeing the good through the bad and just understanding people and being able to compartmentalize and not focusing. I think we have a problem. And I think it's it's funny, social media, people really do subscribe to the things they don't like more than the things they don't like, than the mm-hmm. things they do like. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um and I've learned to unsubscribe and and not really follow or focus on things that don't resonate with me or things I don't like um, and focus on the good. But people don't tend to do that. If you if you follow your your timeline, people really do post and talk about the stuff that pisses them off mm-hmm. more than the things that make them happy. And um, I watched a documentary. It was called uh, Five Minutes of Fame. Um, It was produced by Monica Lewinsky. It was really good. And it was talking about people who their five minutes of fame, it was called five minutes of shame. I'm sorry, guys. Five minutes of shame. And it was about how 
people's pheromones and everything, the happy hormones that went to their brain really came out when they were able to look at things that made other people look bad. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of the state of the world as opposed to like, you're supposed to get those good and happy feels to the things that make you happy, not the things that make other people look bad. Mm -hmm. And, um, 2022 just had me kind of scrub my timeline, scrub my life and just truly focus on the things that like make me happy and make me feel good as opposed to the things that I don't even pay attention to things I don't like. I don't know anything about. And it took me a minute to get here actually, but I know people really do. Like if you're tired of hearing Kanye West speak, you can take him out your newsfeed. Absolutely. And you don't you don't have to like pay attention to it, but people love to comment on those things and they like to subscribe to it. I don't. That's just not me. Right. So that's what it twenty twenty two taught me. Long answer to a short question. Sorry. No, great answer. <laughs> wonderful. So when when we discussed your bio, you talked about um different forms of artistry. Um where does that passion come from? Like how did you go, how did you get into um, becoming a makeup artist, a photographer. How did this happen? Um, I was always a child that like really did believe in imagination. Like I was, a, I grew up on Sesame Street, and like one of my greatest inspirations that people don't know is Lavar Burton. Like I really mm. did subscribe to Reading Rainbow. My mom was big on books. Um, really, you know, when you read books, you have to have an imagination. There's not like a picture or anything that comes with that. So my mom is so funny. We talk about it now. We used to go to the library. My mom didn't have a lot of money. So we go to the library all the time. And I thought her library card was a credit card. So when she was getting all these books for us, I'm like, damn, mama got money. Like, okay, we can get out this book and I can get this book. Like, and you know, the library back in the day. It was just more than just like books. It's like you can check out tapes, DVDs. You yes. can sit there for a reading moment. Remember back in the day, we used to be able to like, if you read so many books, you get a pizza. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, um, like books were important to us. And so reading is very big in my family. Like if you look at my house, I have books all around my house, the kitchen, the bedrooms, every books are everywhere here because books are important. And my, luckily I married someone who believes in books too. So I say I had always had a big imagination. I always dreamed big. I didn't never, like, I never was realistic about anything because I read books. And um, right. honestly, LeVar Burton, and I saw that he, I cried so hard when he finally got his Emmy and his Lifetime Award because he did, he affected my life in so many ways with reading Rainbow because when he said, I can go anywhere, you can yes. in a book. Like one of yeah. my favorite authors is Shel Silverstein. And like, I still, as an adult, when I'm feeling sad, I go back to those books as a child. I keep childhood mm-hmm. books here. Like I read oh. like Shel Silverstein. I read Judy Bloom. I read Dr. Seuss. I read certain childhood books that remind me of when I had an imagination and it, mm-hmm. it jogs my energy to be imaginative and to dream outside of the box. So that's kind of where all that came from for me. And I still keep that where I don't think, I don't, I never think small because I think you do, your mind goes as far as your ideals and as far as your imagination. And that's from childhood. Right. So books are important guys. I don't care what no one says. Books are important. (laughs) (laughs) They are. Um, 
just thinking about that just took me back, you know, to some of the, I think it was a Pizza Hut's program. It was called Book mm-hmm. It. Yep. You read yeah, so many books and you got a personal pan pizza. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, who knew that bribing kids to read would be a thing? Mm-hmm. It was great. And now I don't, I don't really know what's going on, but <laughs> certainly not. Th- that's not going on anymore. That program. Yeah, I think it's gone. But they should bring it back. It was good. I, I, ne- I actually never knew, you know, that you were really into LeVar Burton like that. Um, that's that's good Very information. Very much. Big inspiration on my life. Like, I follow everything he does. Big inspiration. So what else inspires you? Um, My mistakes inspire me. Um, mm-hmm. Black people inspire me. The culture inspires me. My grandmother, my mother. Uh, being from a small town inspires me. It really does. I love being from Savannah. So many things about Savannah inspire me. So many. Listen, you consider Savannah a small town? Compared to like, if I say I'm from Georgia, people say, Mm -hmm. I've been to Atlanta. So that's how I look at it because nobody ever really acknowledges that Savannah is in Georgia. Right. They think Atlanta's a state. So that if I say I'm from Georgia, they'd be like, oh, I've been I've been in the cab. Okay, well, I'm from Savannah. Do you know anything about Chatham County? Like, but growing up in Savannah was just, you know, growing up on the beach, growing up right. on um the marsh, you know, learning. I mean, when I went to church in Savannah, I grew up in I'm from a small town called um Sandfly. It was the first okay. black um community built by slaves in Savannah. Wow. And if you go there, there's a plaque there that says it's the first community built by slaves. And um, everybody went to this church, Macedonia Baptist Church. And mm-hmm. everything, my one thing, I don't subscribe to church as much as I used to. I don't. Okay. But I will say this about church. Church gives you a sense of community. It That's does. True. I will say that. And all my friends I went to church with, we, we grew up together. So I say Savannah... Um, and being in Sandfly gave me a sense of community. I went to Girl Scouts there, and Girl Scouts was founded in Savannah. Um, wow. Black History Month was a big deal at my church. Like, when I went to college and I knew about certain people that they don't teach you, because, you know, like, certain places, I talked to my friends, and they were like, well, all I knew about was Rosa Parks and Malcolm X. Savannah wasn't like that. My mom brought me a Black History book. When I was 10 years old, I knew about Jackie Robinson. I do. I knew about Dr. Charles Drew. I knew about Sojourn the Truth. I knew about all these people early on. I always knew about them. My mom made me watch documentaries on, on Mamie, not Emmett Till, but Mamie Till. Um, wow. Just different things my mom had us do. My mom went to Tuskegee University. I've actually met um, Tuskegee Airmen. They've come to my home as alumni, you know, my mom being alumni, um, I've actually met the Commodores. They went to Tuskegee. They formed a group at Tuskegee. I've actually met them. Black history was very big in my family. So, you know, being from Savannah, being with a a mom that was very big on black history and my grandmother was big on black history, those things shaped who I am today. So um, growing up in Savannah was just a wonderful thing because the majority is black as far as population, Mm -hmm. As far as who runs the town, it is majority white, but mm-hmm. the the people are black for sure in Savannah, for sure. 
Wow. If Savannah is a small town to you, where I'm from doesn't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I went home yesterday and there's still, as a matter of fact, when I go to my parents' house, my phone still doesn't work very well. So that is a small town. Yeah. If you don't have if you don't have a certain carrier, you just you hoping and praying. It's a wish. Well, that's a small town. That's a small town. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, where, you know, Hardy's is a big deal, or we have one Win Dixie. That's mm-hmm. that's where I'm from. You have to go to a different town to go to the high school. Wow. Yeah, it's like that. small. But anyway, but anyway, you know, you know everybody, you get to love on people. People know who you small are. Small towns are good. Yeah. 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 You learn. You just you, learn. you just you, you learn community. Yeah. Towns. Exactly. Yeah. So, so Ebony, let's talk about the physical year 2022 from January 1 to right now. As we're recording this show, it is December 29th. So depending on the speed in which we get this thing processed, hopefully it's out in the next day and a half. So let's talk about 2022. Any likes, dislikes? What What was going on in your mind? People are unhinged. Like, I learned that people are out their damn mind. But yeah. <laughs> I think that it was, it was the after effects of the pandemic. Like, mm-hmm. you know how, like, you don't feel the aftershock of an earthquake till, like, days later or something? It mm-hmm. felt like people really are emotionally bankrupt. And what people value is really bad. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I, it's just been bad. Starting with the storming of the Capitol, January 6th. That was crazy. And uh, was that this year or was that last year? That was this year, actually. Dang, that was that was. This I know, year? right? I know it's so much shit has happened <laughs> to where, like, it seemed like that was years ago. No, that was this it year. Does. January 6th happened this year. Really? I mean, yes. I'm, I'm saying really. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all. It just a lot has happened since January. That really feels yes. like five years ago at this point. That was this year. Wow, that's wow. Okay, so you you, t- you touched on on Kanye earlier. You know, do you think? Well, first of all, I don't know if we ever know if he was officially diagnosed with any type of mental illness. But I know topics like Kanye have brought up discussion of mental illness. Do you think that in twenty twenty two people are more uh, open to discussions of mental illness, or do you think that a lot of people are still like, eh, we'll, we'll just kind of push forward? I think people are open to it. Um, I do believe that Kanye uh, suffers from, um, if I can quote the beautiful, brilliant Dr. Joyce DeVorne, post-traumatic slave disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can, I mean, this is not, this is a deeper topic than today, but I think that he was very much caught up in if I do this and if I do that, mm-hmm. then I'm going to be included. And I call it the string. Did you watch The Wire? Of course. I li- yeah. I oh, called- one quick thing. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had to Google that because it does feel like 10 years ago. It actually was 2021 for January 6th. Oh, it was? Yeah, yeah. My okay, bad. good. Thank God. Okay, okay. Because I was like, like man, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm losing. I thought it was this but year. Yeah. Okay. 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 I did. So, so but yeah, I, I did watch The Wire. Um. I don't know. I, I live. I live in in Maryland, so it. I'm not gonna pretend like the wire doesn't shape my opinions and feelings. Yeah, anyway, brilliant but yes, show. Let's talk about brilliant. The wire. So many Amazing. lessons, and I call it the Stringer Bell syndrome, mm, where you okay. think once you get enough money and once you get enough 
influence that you're going to be able to get in those meetings, but you saw Stringer Bell couldn't get in. It is the same thing with Kanye. Like it's certain things mm-hmm. you're not, you're never going to have access to. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how much clout you, you're never going to have access. And I think that drove him crazy because he did everything he thought he was supposed to do to get into certain circles, to get into certain meetings. Mm-hmm. You'll never be a part of that. Never. And I think I called I call it the Stringer Bell syndrome. I think that drives niggas crazy. Like when you mm. when you do everything to pander to them, you do all the right things, and then it's time to I don't know if you remember that scene when it was time for him to go into that meeting. That guy was just like, nah, you know, you're not in this meeting. Mm-hmm. And it's I think that's what that's what Kanye um suffers from. People love to say, you know, well, you know, his mom died. Uh-huh. Eh. Y'all pick and choose because Maid Stallion lost her mother and her father and her grandmother. Mm-hmm. And she never got the same empathy that Kanye got. Kanye suffers from a string of bell syndrome. He was supposed to, he he was a designer. But I, right. I could have told Kanye myself, as a person who likes fashion, you were never gonna be a part of Italian Fashion Week. Right. Never. They don't respect you, they don't like you. I could have told him that. But he thought if he did certain things and his last straw, to be honest, to me, was getting with a Kardashian and it didn't work the mm. way he thought it was going to work. And so now he just he went crazy. And now you notice that he wanted the black fam- the black community to rally behind him behind that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my black kids. Da, 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 and it's like I just call it Stringer Bell syndrome. That's like, OK, yeah, that's interesting. I've I've never heard anybody reference that way. Uh, so, uh, for the people, if you're unfamiliar with the show The Wire, the fictional character Stringer Bell was a person that engaged in activities, but he basically wanted to go straight. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the best that. way to say that. I would call yeah, it yeah. That. He, and, yeah. And while doing that, he wanted the approval of the dominant society. In, in in the ways of the dominant being society, accepted. white people. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna call it that. I'm sorry, friend. There you go. Oh. <laughs> the dominant society. That's a, a sophisticated way of saying pilgrims. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you know, mm-hmm. no, I, I, I have that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, essentially, that was his character. His character tried to remove himself from the streetlight to go more mainstream and, and gain acceptance. You know, of the of those mainstream groups. But if you watch the show, I mean, no need to force spoiler alert. The show has been gone for a long time. It didn't work out. And and that that could be a message to some people or it could make people want to work harder. That's, that's, you know, your personal business and decision. And I watch it once a year to learn. Really? I watch The Wire once a year and I watch the show Succession. You learn a lot yeah. from Succession. Once a year I watch that. I watch The Wire and I watch... Um, I watch True Blood every year. I watch it because it it tells you things that they were trying. The creators were trying to tell us, but and I read the Color Purple once a year. Wow, it's certain things that like at, at certain points in your life you didn't get until you're older, and and it's like the Color Purple. I read it this again this year, and I it's so many things I realized I resonated with. That in my twenties I didn't, in my thirties I didn't, in my forties, I get it. Right. Yeah. So, 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 perspective matters. Perspective. Would you say that 
your life experience? What has given you that perspective to really appreciate um, uh, the writer, which is, I believe, Alice Walker? Um, Alice Walker is brilliant. And you learn so much about being a woman and about like what we value and what what people value and and sisterhood. That's what I get from Color Purple. You know, it's just so much. Um, and I'll say, you asked me about Alice Walker. I say with The Wire, I learn all the time how corrupt the system is. And I learn how it's designed that way. It, it was designed from the beginning to be the way it is. You know what I'm saying? Like one of the most corrupt police departments in the country is the Baltimore Police Department. That's what The Wire was trying to display to everybody. But it's kind of like, you got to really watch that to see how it's designed to learn that. I don't know if you you realize, I know you watch The Wire, that it's not just the police department. It's the school system. It's the street. It's the politics. It's they, I love the fact that they showed all of it to show that it's a collective. It's not just one component. And you can't blame it on one thing. Um, it's, it's, it's a collective and it's designed to be this way. And even on the way I, I watched where on the last season, there was like a teacher who wanted who went in, you know what? Not just a teacher. They showed a cop. They showed a politician. They showed a, um, teacher try who went in with the initial motivation to change and do the right thing. And mm-hmm. by the end of the season, they were corrupt. Because you can go in, and and I feel like about when I went into the military, you can go mm-hmm. in with the right ideas and you want to do the right thing. And by the time you get in it and you realize what it's about, you turn into somebody you don't even recognize. So um, with even with the color, that's just the things I I recognize with it. And that's how I feel about, um, you know, reading certain things and referencing certain things at certain ages. You get a new understanding you process things differently because color purple, I process it totally different at 40 than I did when I was 20. And I read that book when I was 18 years old. That was the first time I read that book. Wow. I like, I like that, that you have uh, personal traditions and things that you do. Um, Well, speaking of that, since you watch these things every single year, how, how have your views changed over some of those uh, works of art? I understand the street guy more. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a history when I was rewatching The Wire one year. I had a history professor, um, one of my favorite professors. He asked me a question. He said, "If you were able to do anything you wanted to do with no repercussions, no, no, no one's going to say anything. Would you be the same person you are now?" You can mm. think about that. That's what the whole movie The Purge was based off of. And that's how white men operate. Like, if you're able to do whatever you want to do without anybody checking you, without anybody holding you accountable, would you be the same person you are now? Or would you subscribe to your desires? Would you just do whatever you wanted to do? Um, us as Black people, we operate from a space of having rules to a certain extent. and And they don't. So, you know, it changed me as far as how I view things. It changed how I I define happiness. 
mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of us, uh, we get into this elitism where happiness is defined by how much we have or what we can do. And I told, I literally, I told my husband yesterday, I said, if I hit the lottery, I just want two horses. I want two chickens. I want us to get our two goats, our two acres, of, three acres of land. And I don't want anyone to even, but other than our friends to know we exist. Mm-hmm. Happiness to me is stability, is being able to make my friends and family happy. It's, it's, honestly, happiness to me is being a safe place for my friends and family. If we could have a place where if you were stressed out and you need a vacation, you come there, that would make me happy. Other people, they're all constantly chasing, 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 chasing. I need this amount. I need this amount. I need this. I need that. But after I saw people get the things they thought was going to make them happy and they still are miserable, I realized I got to define what does happiness mean to me? And it, and it really does depend on how I make people feel. Hey, everybody. Uh, so... I don't know if you know this. The show is called The Reboot, and we are actually rebooting. Uh, We had a wonderful episode. However, we had technical difficulties, but through the power of the internet, it seems like one cohesive conversation. But I wanted to let you all know that uh, this part of the show is, unfortunately, a re-record from the future, 2023. But nevertheless, hope you enjoy. Uh, Welcome back, Ebony Simone. How are you you today? I'm good. I'm real good. So we are at our, we're concluding our 2022 wrap up. Uh, I believe that we were getting ready to address some of uh, the additional topics from 2022. One of the big topics that uh, people were talking about. Um, let's start. Let's start with Will Smith. You know, where do you stand on that situation? Where I stand on that situation is that um, normally. I find that what, when something happens like that, it's not about what it's about, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, I don't think his reaction, I, I personally feel like it was a buildup. And people got to really be careful with the public embarrassment. People mm. don't handle that well. Um, right. That can cause people to react in very adverse ways. And it's funny, we talked about this. I talked about the situation with my therapist. Um, she brought it up and she was saying that she went to a conference where they actually studied that situation and wow. about how people um they're when they don't have when it's a when they're publicly embarrassed when they have to keep up certain personas and appearances and when they're not allowed to be human how when they finally break they break right. so um for me you know what i'm saying i mean don't get me wrong i've been in many situations where i wanted to slap somebody publicly but the emotional intelligence is a saving grace. And um, the fact that that definitely wasn't the time or the place, but the fact that he did it that way, I feel like it was a, it was a, you know, how it was a buildup. That was just right. a small thing that happened. And I mean, people have been laughing at him and his marriage for years. You know what I'm saying? And you're married. I'm married. We all know nobody really knows what's going on in your marriage. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going on. It's not a one size fit all. And it's about, but people have, have made speculations and comments about their marriage for many years now. And I think that comment just sent him over the edge. That's just, that's my perspective. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I saw that um, some people were pointing out in his memoir that he had felt like he'd let down women over the years, specifically his mother, you know, she dealt with some abuse in his, his personal life. 
And he did not want to feel weak in those situations where he felt that he could have done something. So some people were, were pointing out that angle as well. Have you heard anything about that? I have heard about that. I have. Um, they say he was pretty transparent in his book. I haven't read it. Um, but I can see that as well. If you feel like you haven't protected women over the years and that you feel like this is your opportunity. Um, but I can't, I hate to say it, but because I'm black, I hate when we do certain things, <laughs> <laughs> you know, in certain settings. I really do because, yeah, I, I really do. I, I wish he, I hope he's, he's better. I hope his family's well. Um, but it's just one of those things that people need to be cognizant of public and publicly embarrassing people. Everybody can't handle it. I, I like that. So I guess it's safe to say that let's collectively, if possible, be more aware in 2023. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of that, another big story had come out. Uh, I know you and I had talked about this offline. Uh, the story of Shanquilla, the young lady. You want to go into that? Yeah, um, that's it was very big here. You know, she's from Charlotte where I'm, I live oh, currently, I didn't know that. um, her family and, um, some things about this that are shocking to me in this situation. I'm just still surprised that no one has stepped up yet from that friend group. Mm. Like, you know, I mean, someone passed and nobody's going to say anything. I mean, only mm-hmm. one person's responsible, directly responsible for it. I'm just surprised no one is stepping up. Um, the one thing I didn't like, though, that people on social media were going online and trying to say that, you know, you got to choose your friends more wisely. To me, that's kind of a form of victim blaming because, mm. I mean, I'm pretty sure she wouldn't have gone out of the country with people that she didn't think were good friends. I mean, you don't know someone's not your friend till you know they're not right, your friend. Exactly. So they do something to show you're not your friend. And then um, people were saying, you know, especially women were like, this is why I don't, you know, have a lot of female friends. And I'm like, did y'all not see there was two men there? The one yeah. of the guys on the camera was like, fight back. So, and I don't know what kind of men is, is being produced these days. But anyway, I know back in my day that two men seeing women fighting would break it up. I've never seen, even in school, I, I've never seen them just try to let girls fight. But, you know, he's saying fight back. Okay. But um, for me... This is just a situation that speaks to the culture. I mean, you have like Zeus Network, you have different love and hip hops, you have different things that promote violence to me. And this is just on brand. And people aren't, I don't think our young people have the bandwidth to, they don't have good conflict resolution skills. Everything's not a physical fight. Everything's not even an argument. You know what I mean? Like if you don't like someone, you can simply not deal with them. But to invite someone on a vacation and this become the outcome, you know what I'm saying? And now you kind of threw your life and her life away. Because right. when they come, whenever they get, you know, the police catch up with them, I mean, you're young, you don't have a life anymore because you went right. and did this. So it's it's an unfortunate situation. Um, I would just say, this is not about speaking to your, your kids about choosing their friends. You need to talk to your kids about emotional intelligence. And Ooh. about ha- having a response, having a conversation with people. And if you're upset with someone, knowing how to keep your head and knowing how to, because things can result you, just like that. Things can go from bad to worse. I agree. Um, let's let's love. Can we love more? Can we 
can we do our best to to love our children? What you just said, teach them emotional intelligence. Therapy is great. Mm-hmm. Let's let's focus on that. You know, as a father of, of children, raise better sons, raise better daughters, raise better children. Mm-hmm. Work on yourself. Let's let's be better people. Right. And since we're talking about better people, um, the thing that we did not know in 2022 that we now know in 2023, uh, we're going to touch on Meg the Stallion. Um, a lot more information has come out since we initially recorded about a right. week ago. So I wonder, uh, for those of you who don't know uh, Meg the Stallion, she's an entertainer, um, a philanthropist. She does a lot of things, entertain, you know, musician. And she was recently shot. Uh, she accused uh, the performer Tory Lanes of shooting her physically, and um, in the news, people were speculating issues with evidence and so on and so forth. So, where are we today? Well, yeah, you see, all that stuff's come out now. The um, the phone call from jail, which how stupid can you be? But anyway, um, to be on it, you learned that from the first forty eight that you don't say nothing on the phone. But I guess, right. but he did that. They had pictures. Of, I mean. He he shot her. He he shot her. He just that's just is what it is. He was found guilty. Um, what's amazing to me is the level of people who tried to make it about what it wasn't. People couldn't wait to jump to bring up her sexual history or whether she slept with him or not or her lying about. You know, the thing is, I mean, let's say she lied about sleeping with him. Right. There's a big difference in lying about who you slept with and lying about who shot you. <laughs> I mean, to me, <laughs> those two don't even go together. But OK, y'all tried to kind of not people tried to kind of combine those two. And um, and I don't say I never saw what that had to do with anything. OK, I never right. saw that. But even now, people are like, there's still holes in the story. There, People all of a sudden I just I posted. I'm like, damn, y'all acting like um. What's the ones from Law and, Board, Law and Order SBU? Y'all acting like a stabler in them. Like y- all of a sudden y'all became detectives, attorneys, y'all know the law. And I think people don't realize the court of public opinion is different from the court of law. Yes, um, it <laughs> it's just some totally different stuff. And you all are basing everything based off of whether you like them or not. And it was odd to me too, because I ain't never heard nobody say, put on some of that Tory Lanez. Like y'all fans oh. like that? I didn't even know. I mean, I'm like, I couldn't name one of his songs. I do know made the stallion songs. I couldn't name one of this man's songs. And I'm like, y'all acting like fans. Like it was weird, but really, I don't even get what it is about something about made the stallion that that just ruffles certain people's feathers. I don't know if it's because she's tall, she's strong. I don't really know what it is, but I felt bad for her because She's lost her mother and her father and her grandmother. She doesn't really have anyone. She's young, you know, and I just felt like she just was so unprotected in all of this. And it was kind of sad. You know what I'm saying? People had no compassion. People did not care. And I just was like, I mean, some people online, you know, oh, she, well, she lies. She lied. Okay, your baby daddy be lying too. What what we going to do? And what else? Like, (laughs) you still take him back every other week. So, Okay, people people lie. If you feel like I didn't even care about what she lied about, but it was what it was. I'm glad that she got her justice. I think that his father acting out outside of the courtroom is not going to help if he tries to appeal. Um, it's not going to help with anything. I think he just needs to leave this where it is, um, and and move on. To to full summary those those three stories we just quickly touched on. Do you think that 
compassion and empathy are, I'm not going to say lost, but do you think they're missing in a lot of situations? Absolutely. Um, I do. And I also, also because we're overexposed. I mean, mm-hmm. you can see someone being shot by the police or being murdered, period, just pulling it up on YouTube or online. So we're desensitized to certain things that we that should shock us. You know what I mean? Like even people being, I really do think we need to bring back public shaming and decency. Now, I don't mean embarrassing. I mean, like telling people, um, like I had to tell a young girl who was posting online that I know saying all these explicit sexual things that she does. And I was like, um, I hope you don't think you could be sexually liberated without mm-hmm. putting your business out there. Why do people mm-hmm. need to know for it to be valid? That right. That's what we're going through right now. So I think it, people lack empathy and compassion because they're overstimulated and overexposed to, to everything. So I, I completely do um, agree with that. I want to tangent the conversation a little bit. I kind of knew this was going to happen with the just being overstimulated and social media specifically. um, I know that we are of a certain age and Mm -hmm. we did not specifically grow up with social media, but I see that a lot of people now, they feel that they have to be their social media persona. Mm -hmm. Um, For us not growing up with it, yes, uh, I know a lot of people in our era, our generation have adapted personalities and they want to brand and reflect these things online. But do you do you think that I guess for some people there is a disconnect between when you press the screen off and you go back to your normal life? Or do you you know, what do you think about just that concept of not disconnecting ever from that persona? I think I think you're spot on with that where people um it's just that public validate needing to be validated. And the bad thing about needing validation from other people is it's, it's the worst drug. You might as well mm. get on heroin. I mean, because you're never going to be fulfilled. You're never going to be Please don't fulfilled. get on heroin. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> That'd be different. I'm just saying, like, you're never going to be fulfilled. You're never going to be satisfied as long as you're seeking validation from other people. And also, going back to the, the piece where we're talking about emotional intelligence, you mm. got to think about something. When we were younger, if you wanted to fight somebody, you literally had to wait. First of all, you had to call somebody house phone, hope you they did. home. And if their mama ain't got a voice voicemail or whatever the case may be, you really not even finna talk to them. So you got plenty of time to think about what you about to do. <laughs> and then even fighting, like literally, you couldn't, it would have to be a whole thing where you're going to meet at the bus stop or you're going to, it wasn't really like, like back in the day, it, it just, we weren't, we didn't have as much access so I think that helped us have to think things through or think things over. But yeah, people um, needing all this online. And the sad thing about it, it's grown, grown people. Yes. It's, it's people in our age group, to be honest. I mean, I'm 40, <laughs> where I'm like, why are you dancing on TikTok? If you don't go cook <laughs> cook some dinner or don't you file your taxes? I don't know what, I don't know, but it's like, it's a blurred line between, like 40 seems so grown when I was a kid. It did. And now it just seems like there's a blurred lines between adults and children, which is a whole nother topic for a whole nother day where I just feel like y'all do know we're supposed to be wiser. We're, they're supposed to, like y'all, the young people don't respect us or come to us because we're doing the same thing they're doing. 
So, I mean, why would they talk to us? You know what I'm saying? But there used to be a line of distinction where my mom actually just last week told me I was one of her best friends. My mom ain't never told me I was her damn friend ever in life. Oh, wow. But that meant something to me because I felt like I I earned her respect. And I saw Michelle Obama. A lot of people got a lot of, she got a lot of backlash for saying that she's not her children's friend. Because And I agree with her because when you become your children's friends, then you worry about whether they like you or not. Um, and it's certain lessons you have to teach them where they're not going to like it, but it's for their, their, their own good. But I, I have friends who have children who, because they, it was important for them to be friendly with their kids. They're, they don't have that certain level of respect that people I know who establish those boundaries, it's just boundaries they, that they, that they do have, they have more issues with their kids. You know, you're not coming down on them. I'm just saying, um, so um, I can agree with you on on all of that. The emotional intelligence, the all, it's everything. It's all encompassing. Oh, I have a fun a fun tangent. Um, just to keep it light, just to give you a difference of the age ranges of how things were in the past and how they are now. If anybody has ever seen the show Good Times, when Good Times started, John Amos was thirty five years old. Wow, and Esther and Esther Roll was fifty four. And just another show, um, The Jeffersons, Sherman Hemsley was 38 and Isabel Sanford was 59. Now that, when you watch those shows, you do not think that those people are in their 30s. John Amos was 35 years old. That does not look like 35-year-olds today. You know what? It does. Because these men, so? they spraying in their hairline when I think about it. <laughs> when I think about it, they getting hair wigs. Yeah, when I think about it, it's on brand. Yeah. Okay. These, these the, the dudes in our age group, they trying to, as my best friend says, hold on to the last little bit of hip hop they have left. They trying to keep it young. They, they doing everything they can. They fighting age. You know, that's another issue we got to talk about one another day. Fighting age. That, <laughs> that yes. right there. And y'all are losing. But we'll talk about it another time because, <laughs> you know, I, I I talked to my brother today. One, um, one of my brothers is a barber and he told me that he did his first hair unit this morning and sent me a picture. It looked amazing. For those who aren't familiar with hair units, some people call them man weaves. But honestly, you would never know, you know, uh-huh. between the enhancements, you know, the enhancements where they, they fill in the hairlines and the beards to make them sharp and look perfect. Yeah. You would never know. And yeah. So it's on brand. If Sherman Hemsley had that, I'm sure he would look like the, the 35 year olds now today. So yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Ebony, this is this has been great. So uh three things that you think we should leave in 2022. Oh yeah. Um, it's so much, but the top three things I think. One, um, could y'all please stop calling everybody a narcissist? Yes. Y'all, unless you are a a criminal minds investigator, you don't know. Some people are selfish. Some people are are a-holes. Some people are just, you know, manipulative. But everybody's not not a narcissist just because they do something you don't like. So um, let's just get rid of that word and let's just find some different adjectives to describe people that or maybe p- the people aren't anything you just lack boundaries right <laughs> and you're allowing people to do things to you then you want to label them as something 
when you you lack boundaries. So we need to leave the word narcissist, narcissism. Y'all learned that word and just couldn't stop. Um, and 2022, uh, I would also say, um, I, this is a tell this oldest time, the baby mom and baby daddy stuff. I really want y'all to take us out the group chat. I really want y'all yes. to leave that in 2022. And I really, I, I want y'all, instead of coming to social media, go to family counseling, go to therapy, go to, cause when you air your other, your child's other parent out online, it's on there forever. And something that people's egos won't allow them to understand, it really only affects your child. Right. Publicly embarrassing that other person or trying to vent about or air them out. You know what I mean? And um, there's a way. There are people who successfully co-parent. Link with those people. What's so wrong with that? Instead of linking with people that are going to, that also have issues with their other per- parent Link with people that are successfully co-parenting. Link with people who maybe the other person, whether it be the mother or the father, isn't the best parent. Um, But there's people who persevere, build their own villages and push through. Link with those people instead of, you know, focusing on that. Like, I hate to see it. It's it's rooted in some deep hurt and some deep ego stuff. But I want us as a community to like to really fix that. Get leave. it's, It's been going on for years, but leave it behind us. And um, the third thing, if I could only list three, um, I think now we are going through something where people are searching for something. We have a lot of people who have dealt with a lot of church hurt. So they're mm. going to doing like they're, they're going to different people who are spiritualists and they're getting into the metaphysical stuff. Um, I'm a very, very spiritual person. A lot of people mm-hmm. don't know that because it's very private and sacred to me. I want Mm -hmm. people to start. It's supposed to be sacred to you. Please Mm -hmm. stop going online, posting things about your spirituality. Please quit subscribing to everybody who says they're a spiritual healer, a guru, because they're really they're no different than pastors that that are predatory. Those people are doing the same thing. They see that you're vulnerable, that you're searching for something and for a small fee. They're going to read your birth chart or they're going to tell you. And I'm not saying that that all of them are legit, but no lie, Mike, I was on TikTok and I was scrolling through. And I guess the um, the algorithm I was looking at was like like spiritual people. And it was like 40 people back to back, different people. Now, all of y'all ain't got the gift now. Now, wait a minute. (laughs) I'm like, now, wait a minute. All these people don't know. And I'm going to say this too. Like, you know, you have different scams going on right now. People that inbox you and say, you know, one of your ancestors trying to, has came to me and wants me to give you a message. Let me tell you, I'm very in tune spiritually with my ancestors. They don't have to go through nobody to talk to me. They come straight to me. God comes straight to me. If you get quiet and you quiet the noise outside of yourself, you can hear God speaking to you. It doesn't matter what you subscribe to. I just want people to be very careful because there are some predatory people who are watching what you post. They're going, they're watching what your insecurities and vulnerabilities are, and they're going to come at you in that form. Thinking mm. that thinking that they're here to help you and that they're here, they care, they're here to bless you. And they're not. And I think what everybody's looking for is definitely it's it's in you. So I want people to get get out of like seeking things outside of yourself, especially on social media. Let's leave that behind. Disconnect. Go camping. Read a book. 
take a nap. Do something. Like, I don't know. Like, you don't even got to do, it gotta be nothing grand. Take a bath. Do something <laughs> else, but disconnect every now and again. Seriously. And that's that's all I really kind of have. From I have a lot more, but we'll, a different topic for a different day. I'm here for it. I, I love it. So, Ebony, Ebony Simone, thank you so much. So, thank you. where can the people listen to you? Because, obviously... Um, you have a lot of wonderful topics to, to to discuss, and I would love to hear more in depth. So where? How? When? Um, I do um, have a podcast coming up. Um, it's not public. It's not live yet. Um, but my um, Instagram page, um, it's, it's, it's just, it's Ebby Wonder. Um, and you can see, you know, my photography. You can see, like, the different things I do. Um in the community and that's where my podcast of episodes will be posted as well. Um, we, our webs, our Instagram is black tent chronicles for camping and seeing how we camp. And we're going to start recording more so people can see what we actually do. Um, and that's where you can find me. That's, that was great. I am very thankful for this. Uh, this was a great way to wrap 2022 and, you know, just this little part of uh, the beginning of 2023, I hope that everyone has enjoyed this, has gotten something from it, and we hope to get that trailer, get that show, so we can pump your show up too, and we can all grow in 2023. Thank you so much, Mike. Oh, you're welcome, friend. Anytime. Well, that was it. Out of her own mouth, Ebony Simone. So listen, whenever she drops that podcast, we're going to share the link here. Hopefully, we can follow up a couple months down, and we'll be back with her. So thank you again to Ebony. I'd like to give a big shout out to Ebony Simone for sharing with us. As we are a fairly new show, I didn't know how the whole review thing would work. But here we are. As always, my only expectation is good convo with hopefully a few laughs. My biggest personal takeaway from this conversation was the power of understanding oneself and appreciating the journey. I'm reminded of the words of the late Dr. Maya Angelou, with whom I also share a birthday. Quote, I have great respect for the past. If you don't know where you've come from, you don't know where you're going. I have respect for the past, but I'm also a person of the moment. I'm here and I do my best to be completely centered at the place I'm at. Then I go forward to the next plate. Close quote. A quick inside baseball thing. I don't typically record my guest conversations and intro outros on the same day. If I sound a little different, it's because I went to a really good football game last night. A thrilling game that ultimately ended in defeat of my team. I'm choosing not to see it as a loss, but an opportunity for improvement next season. It was a good time. Well, that's it, y'all. The conclusion of the first season of the reboot. To properly wrap our 22 review, I'll leave you with a quote from the legendary duo Outcast. A 5-4-3-2, here comes the one. A new year has begun. P-Funk, spark another one. I hope that everyone has a safe new year. Stay encouraged. Thanks again to Ebony Simone for hanging out with us. Please follow Ebony Simone on IG at Ebby Wonder, E-B-B-I-E underscore W-O-N-D-E-R. And check out Black Tent Chronicles at The Black Tent Chronicles. If you enjoy listening to the show, let us know what you think. Please like, share, and leave a review so that we can grow the show. Follow us on IG, Facebook, YouTube at The Reboot, thereboot at gmail.com, or leave a voice message on Anchor, 
or at 667-217-6262. This is The Reboot. Build, destroy, rebuild. I go by the name RXM, Mikhail, if you're jazzy. But my mom calls me Mike. Our theme song is produced by AJ Beats. Join me as I explore my existence in this thing called life. Tech, faith, laughter, and love. When life slows you down, I only have one question for you. Did you reboot?